Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast, so you turn all those retro notes into Jira tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M I R O.com. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. How you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, and once again, I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. NBA free agents have struck it rich big time. I mean big time with a slew of multi-million dollar contracts. But the league doesn't like the men who are paying those contracts, the owners, to be called owners. Why? Because the league says the word owner can be viewed as racially insensitive. I kid you not. Plus, in baseball, we take a look back at the ups and downs of the Yankees and Mets during the first half of the season. So, like I said, listen up, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. All right. So, as you all know by now, it's good to be a player in the NBA. Very, very good. You know? I I mean, people would say, you know, you want your kid, you put a a baseball in in, uh, your kid's left hand. Let him be a left-handed pitcher because the need for those, you can make big bucks. But there's nothing like being an NBA player. I mean, the numbers during free agency that you have seen people signing contracts is off the charts. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. You know, what was it? Just locally, for crying out loud, okay? Locally, Kevin Durant. $164 $164 million for four years. Kyrie Irving, $141 million for four years. I mean, you know, it goes on and on. The, the, the young man who left the Nets to go to the uh, Warriors, D'Angelo Russell, $117 million for four years. It goes on and on and on. And good for them. Good for them. I, th- I think... God bless them. I mean, I think it's wonderful. You know, uh, the market is what the market is willing to pay. But something came up 
a little over a week ago, and I just I shook my head and I said, enough is enough is enough with this political correct nonsense. Okay? I mean, just nonsense. It's bullshit. That's what it is. So, apparently, the league says it's moving away. The NBA is moving away. And this is according to Commissioner Adam Silver. The use of the term owner to describe those people with controlling interest of teams, they want to use the term governor of the team. And apparently the reason is the term owner can be viewed as racially insensitive in a league where the vast majority of its players are African-American and the majority of the owners are white. And when I hear this and I read this, I shake my head and the world has gone freaking crazy. Because this is bullshit. You know, uh, on that dopey show that um, LeBron James has on HBO, The Shop, uh, you, apparently Draymond Green from The Warriors was on, and he said uh, something, you shouldn't say owner. When you think of a basketball team, you think of the players that make that team. Yeah, And somebody's got to own the team. Yeah? To associate owner with slavery in this 2000 year of 2019, are you freaking crazy? I'm serious. This is the dumbest thing I have ever heard in my life. And don't give me any of this shit that, well, Rush, you got to understand where people are coming from and ants. My ass. You know what? The NBA, did you hear what I just said before about free agency? Did you hear what I said before about free agency and the multi-million dollar contracts? You know, Durant, $164 million. Kyrie Irving, uh, $141. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard leads the, the, the champion Raptors, 142 million in four years. Kemba Walker, 141 million. How are these numbers? 190 million for Clay Thompson, five years. Chris, Christoph Porzingis, 158 million. Jimmy Butler, 142 million. Have you had enough, folks? Tobias Harris, 180 million. Chris Middleton, 178 million. J.J. Reddick, oh, a mere pittance for two years, $26.5 million. How is he going to get by? Al Horford, $109 million. Boyan Bogdanovich, $73 million. Ricky Rubio, $51 million. I mean, you got the balls to even associate slavery? What you're, I'll tell you what people are doing when they say that. They insult their ancestors who went through slavery. And on top of these multi-gazillion dollar contracts that these guys are getting, gazillion dollar contracts, they don't have to pay for nothing. 
They, they stay in the best hotels. They travel first class wherever they're going. The tabs are picked up left and right. The endorsements are here, there, and everywhere. They travel first class on planes. Did your ancestors, did the, their ancestors travel first class? Unless, I don't know, I don't think they were traveling first class on Harriet Tubman's Underground Railroad. It really is insulting. I'm, and if I seem agitated, you're damn right. I am pissed off. Because this is an insult to everybody's common sense. Stop. I applaud all these guys. I couldn't be happier for all these young men getting this kind of money. I think it's terrific. Leagues are making money. Teams are making money. Owners are making money. Players are making money. We, we shouldn't call somebody an owner because it's... So, in other words, if a black person works for a white person, the white person who owns the business can't be called an owner because it's racially insensitive? I mean, where is the common sense? I mean, it's just idiotic. And, and what do we do? We're not teaching our kids. We're not. This political correctness is so politically incorrect. It's stupid. I mean, to associate slavery with, 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 with these numbers that I'm looking at, you know, it's mind boggling. I'm just looking at guys like, like hello, Terrence Ross, 54 million, Jeremy Lamb, 31 and a half million. What I, I said, Ricky Rubio, 51 million. Oh, my goodness gracious. It's nuts. I, I mean, look at Robin Lopez, 10, 10 million to, uh, you know, this guy, Seth Curry. Steph's brother, 32 million, four years. I mean, that's like, what is that, chump change? You're in a million, a multi-million, multi-millionaire league, and you're talking about slavery. I mean, the word owner is insensitive because it's an association with slavery back in the day. Really? Magic Johnson, who's a big-time owner of, what is it, of Starbucks and movie theaters, is he not an owner? You own a business, you're an owner. That's what it is. It's got to stop. It's, it's just really insulting to common sense. It really, really is. It's stupid. Makes no sense. You know, I I also find, and listen, I'm a big fan of Adam Silver, big fan of Adam Silver. But I've said this when this incident happened. Remember, uh, you know, some months back, because I, I spoke about it here, uh, LeBron tweeted out. First of all, he was running his mouth, LeBron James, about um, 
He was talking about NFL owners with a plantation mentality. Slave owner plantation mentality. Okay. You're an expert on that, LeBron. And and then LeBron used, used what was he doing at that time? He was um, quoting somebody on Instagram, the rapper, and he was saying, yeah, got to get that Jewish money. But he didn't know, LeBron said, nah, he didn't know that. In fact, he thought he was making it a compliment. Oh, okay. Well, you know, go, go ask your Jew owner that you had in... Um, in Miami, and your Jew owner that you had in Cleveland. But you know what? LeBron was not taken to task. He was not told. You know, we didn't hear the league or anybody saying to LeBron, you know, LeBron, that was a little insensitive what you said. But we can pay, the league owners can pay these people hundreds of millions of dollars. Hundreds of millions of dollars. These salaries amount to billions of dollars. And God bless them. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. You're going to associate that because the word owner is insensitive because it it harkens back to the days of slavery because your majority of your players are African-American. That is nonsense. And also, I'm going to tell you something else that is nonsense. You know, you hear this all the time. And I, I never, you've, you always hear me say it, I'll never, ever knock a player for leaving a team for, you know, free agency. Because that's what free agency is. And I, I don't do it in, in any sport. You might not like it that your player is leaving. I'm, I'm sure, God bless them, the Toronto Raptors Fans are not happy that Kawhi Leonard left, but it was his right to leave. And they knew it. Okay, but you, you, you don't have to be happy about it, but that that's what the deal is. So I'll never knock a player leaving for the same reason, you know, a, an owner in a sport, whatever it's basketball, baseball, football, hockey, whatever, tiddlywinks, if I decide to trade you, my buddy, look at him, my buddy here, Crash, who handle, takes care of me, manning the board. If I own a team and I decide Crash can't do it anymore and I decide to trade him, get rid of him, I'm getting rid of him. That's okay for me to do that, but it's not okay for Crash to leave if he's a free agent. It's the same deal. It's, it's what life is. So I have no problem with that. Crash is laughing, and he only wishes he was making that kind of shkarol, as they say. Yeah, but 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 think about it. So I'll I'll never knock that. But what what I do knock a little bit here is the collusion factor with the NBA. And I don't think they do a good job with that. Here's what I mean. You know, players, you you always hear this in all leagues. Players, uh, excuse me, owners, because I will use the term owners, not governors. Owners are always, you know... uh, you always hear accusation of collusion, you know, whether keeping prices down or not going baseball, you're not going at the free agents, collusion, this and that. And I've always belly ached about that. And I'm a player's guy. But 
I always would say this. Well, how come it's collusion on the owner's part, but it's never collusion on the player's part? And the reason I say that, agents are talking all the time. All the time. Each and every day. Oh, no, no. You wait. Don't have your guy sign yet, or if you, you know, because I want my guy to get this much, and then, then that brings that up and that price up. Come on. That happens all the time. But what we've seen now, in particular, flat out from the players, and listen, I'm thrilled. You heard me say this several times going way back on previous podcasts when everybody was talking about. Oh, the free agency coming, you know, the Kyrie Irvings and, and the uh, uh, Kevin Durant's coming to the Knicks. And I say, why the hell would they come to the Knicks when they can go to the Nets, which is a much better team? And I had no inside information. To me, it was just common sense. But that's what they ended up doing. But you don't think Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were talking about that? That's colluding, is it not? I mean, if you're going to call call it what it is, that's what it is. And I'm thrilled that they're coming to Brooklyn, that they're here in Brooklyn. You know, and, and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard going to the Clippers? Come on! So, like, NBA, here, here's a message for you. Use some common sense because you you insult, first of all, it really is an insult. It's an insult to people who had to deal with the atrocities and the terrible, the embarrassment to this country of slavery. And for all those people who suffered, don't you dare associate NBA because owners are white and the majority of players are black, it's an association the term to, to back in the day of slavery. It's the dumbest, stupidest thing I have ever heard. It's an insult to ancestors. It's an insult to common sense of people today. It's, it's trying to make an issue out of nothing. It's stupid. It should never be said. And, and folks, I'm not pulling this out of my ass. Commissioner Adam Silver made a comment on this a couple of weeks ago. I would have made an issue a week ago, but I was talking to the great Eddie Cranple. But really, I mean, I mean, stop. That is just absolutely stupid. It, it's, again, an insult to everybody's intelligence. All right. Got that off my chest. Owner, the word owner is insensitive to African Americans. Because the, it's, it's, it mind boggles me. It just mind boggles me. All right, let's talk a little. Baseball, because we here we are upon uh, the All Star break. Um, let's deal with the bad stuff first. 
your New York Mets. So you heard over the past few days about after Edwin Diaz had blown yet another save. Uh, General Manager Brody Van Wagenen, the boy wonder, goes down, calls a meeting with the manager and the coaches and throwing chairs. Maybe he would be better looking in the mirror and throwing a chair at himself in the mirror. Is he frustrated? Sure he's frustrated. Should he be frustrated? You're damn right he should be frustrated. Because this is his mess. Now, And listen to me, folks. I do not, you've heard me again say it several times, I, I don't enjoy seeing anybody lose their job. I, I don't want Brody Van Wagenen to lose his job. Just like I don't want Mickey Calloway to lose his job. Just like I didn't want Dave Island, the pitching coach, to lose his job. But he did. And why did Island lose his job? Because he was scapegoated by Brody Van Wagenen. Along with the pitching coach, Hernandez. Okay? So I I don't want somebody to lose their job. But this is an issue. This is a situation that was created by Brody Van Wagenen. Okay? This is his baby. He's the one who acquired Edwin Diaz along with Robbie Cano. And Robbie Cano's, you know, they're on the hook for like $100 million for Robbie Cano, which includes this year. They paid $30 million for three years for Jerris Familia, a disaster. A disaster. Whose fault is that? Now the one 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 good thing I, I will give him credit, Van Wagenen uh credit, is that um he allowed Pete Alonzo to come up with the big team right away. He allowed Alonzo to come up with the big team right away, as opposed to, you know, trying to, you know, uh keep him down for a while so they can make him, this way they can have him an extra year, you know, for free agency or arbitration, whatever it is. So he allowed him to do that. But also understand this. He did not have Pete Alonzo. He didn't bring Pete Alonzo to the organization. The guys who were doing well on the team, Jeff McNeil, Pete Alonzo, um, Dom Smith. Th- those were all part of, you know, Conforto uh, has had his ups and downs, but th- th- these were all Mets before Van Wagenen got here. This is all on Brody Van Wagenen. Now, I'll tell you what's going to happen. You know damn well what's going to happen is that Callaway's going to end up losing his job. 
And, you know, Callaway said you know, when he was Callaway was asked after that incident, you know, when the media found out about it, Callaway was asked. Um, what, what's your relationship like with Van Wagenen? Well, what the hell is Callaway supposed to say? Of course, he, he says it's fantastic. Well, what's he going to say? But, you know, the bullseye's on his back. And think about this with the pitching staff. The, during the first half of the season, the bullpen blew 22 saves. 22 save opportunities the bullpen blew. Give the Mets half of those, and they're right in the thick of things. It's not the lineup. Two key guys, Familia and Edwin Diaz, have been disasters. Disasters. Now the question is, you know, whether the Met, what are the Mets supposed to do? Should they be sellers? Well, yeah. I mean, listen, I don't want to see Zach Wheeler be traded, but he's going to be a free agent at the end of this season. You got to try. You got to try and get something. Van Wagen and put them in this position. Who's the other guy? Crash. Um, um, who they signed the free agent who who's, hasn't played with them yet? Oh, uh, Jed Lowry. Jed Lowry. Jed Lowry. Now, in fairness, in fairness, you know injuries happen, but he signed Jed Lowry. He hasn't played yet. Basically, pretty much everything Van Wagen has touched has turned to shit. I don't think I'm being too harsh when I say that, but that's the deal. And again, I, I'm not, I, this is not a, I'm not saying fire the guy. But don't you dare, don't you dare fire other people to cover your own ass. Don't you dare. You've done it already. Don't do it again. Because what he did to Dave Island is disgusting. Disgusting. And, you know, and I'll tell you another thing. And I give Keith Hernandez and Ron Darling full marks, full credit, because... uh, was it last week? I was watching a game. I think, you know, when, when Syndergaard, I think it was Syndergaard was pitching or they were talking about it. You know, this new thing that player, pitchers, starting pitchers want their own personal catchers. This is what they want. They want their own personal catchers. They didn't want this. He didn't want Ramos. Ramos, he wanted Nito. And both, both Darling and, and Keith said, that's BS. Come on. Take the mound, take the ball, toe the rubber, and pitch to the guy that your manager wants to put in a lineup. And quite frankly, if I was starting pitchers on the Mets, I would go in, not worried who's catching for me, I'd worry about who's closing for me. That's what I'd be worrying about. I mean, to me... 
the Met bullpen you ought to be called the gang that can't shoot straight. Because they can't do anything right. I, I feel sorry. I mean, you're talking, you're talking about, look what the Mets have at the top of their lineup. They got a guy... What's he batting, 350? I mean, he leads the major leagues, Jeff McNeil, in batting. And then you have a guy, a rookie, who's got 30 home runs, <laughs> Alonzo, at the All-Star break, All-Star break. And they're in the dumper. I mean, think about it. That's what you got, one and two. That's what you have, one and two. Uh, It's just 22 blown saves. You take half of those, and, and you got a Met team that's right there. And we're not having this conversation. We're sitting there talking about, hey, you know what? So far, so good. Mets are right where they should be in the thick of it. That's exactly what we would be talking about. Not floating in the bottom of the bowl, for lack of a better term. On the flip side, you have your New York Yankees. Okay? And in the, uh, listen, you don't have to be a Yankee fan. You can't say enough good things about what they have accomplished the first half of this season. To be in a position that they are in with the injuries and what that they've suffered from Stanton to Judge. They don't have Andujar, Luis Severino. I mean, think about it. To be where they are is really, really remarkable. And, you know, from from the time... From the time that um, they replaced Girardi with Aaron Boone, I didn't like it because I thought Girardi wasn't treated properly. I'll still maintain that. You know, when they said, well, Girardi couldn't, you know, wasn't good at communicating with young people. You know, all Girardi did was take a team in transition to within one game of the World Series. But having said that, Aaron Boone has done a remarkable job with the team thus far. But also, having said that, as well as they're playing, and I fully expect them to win their division, they, they, they pretty much would have to collapse. You know, a, a big-time collapse. I, I just don't see it happening. But they still need to get some pitching. They need, Because, as you've heard it, till we're all blue in the face, you need to be able to pitch and you need to be able to manufacture some runs. Now, the manufacturing of the runs has really worked out for them this season because they signed the free agent catch of the season, well, the acquisition of the offseason was DJ LeMahieu. Because he is, without doubt, the MVP, not of the Yankees, but DJ LeMayu is the MVP in the American League for the first half of the season. He really is. Because look at where the Yankees are, and that is DJ LeMayu. So, you know, 
you got to be able to manufacture runs. But also when you're manufacturing runs, you got to be able to hold the other team down. And they need a pitcher. They need a front-line pitcher. You know, there's talk. You know, obviously, you know, the, a guy that's being dangled out there is uh, Zach Wheeler from the Mets. You know, people have been asking me, do I think um, would would the Mets trade Zach Wheeler to the Yankees, for example? I say they would. You know, like if Zach Wheeler had two or three years on his contract, they wouldn't trade him to, to the Yankees. But now, yeah, I, I think they would, and why not? You know, you want to trade Zach to a team that is close. You know, for the Yankees, winning their division, that's not their goal. Getting to the ALCS is not their goal. Winning the ALCS is not their goal. Their goal is to win the World Series. And to win the World Series, they're going to need solid pitching. And I just don't know that there's anybody on their staff that I can bank on to be there. You you know... I can't bank on Hap. I can't bank on Paxton for sure. You know, CC, God bless him, has been great, but, you know, he's CC. He, Severino, you don't even know if you're getting back. And if you do, do get him back, what the hell good is that going to be? You know, Tanaka, you, you, you never know what Tanaka is. Is he going to be that, that 10 strikeout guy or the guy that got blown out in the first inning when they were over in London facing the Red Sox? So, um, Yanks, they got to make a move. They got to get an arm. I think what they've done is just tremendous. Yankees should be proud, and their fans should be proud of them. You know, Cashman has done a marvelous job assembling that team. They own the best record in the American League. Okay, but they're going to have to deal. You know, to me, they're going to have to deal with Houston again. You know, um, Verlander and Garrett; those are the guys. I mean, that's that's a one-two punch that the Yankees don't have. Pitching wins is formidable, and as a as potent uh, an offensive lineup that they have. Pitching wins in the postseason. So, you know, I'm I'm just thinking, let him rest in peace, George Steinbrenner. Can you imagine if somebody would have told George Steinbrenner, you you have to be called governor now. You're not an owner because being an owner is racially insensitive. Oh, my goodness gracious. That is absolutely nuts. But right now, that is a wrap on today, folks. So once again, I'd like to thank all of you for getting a load of this. And now I'd like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. On Twitter, you can contact me at Russ Salzberg. Uh, get always on Facebook, on my website, russsalzberg.com. My thanks to 
Crash, a.k.a. Mike Caragliano, who always takes such terrific care of me, to my OG podcast producer, Tim Einickle, to uh, the 77 ABC program director, Dave Labrosi, and his tremendous assistant, Matt Dahl. And last but certainly not least, you the fans out there, because without you the fans, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to all of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Have yourselves a great week. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today we discuss technical diagramming with systems architect Maya. Let's go. First question. You've spent 10 hours slogging over a sequence diagram that should have taken five. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board. And if I'm being honest, Miro would probably cut that time down by half. You know, with its AI tools and ready-to-go templates. Next, your diagrams become so bulky, it's more complex than the solar system. But all it takes is a few clicks and... It's Miro. I've used those technical shape packs way too many times. And stuff is just digestible on its infinite online canvas. Now, the final question. Everyone's brought in. But you have to make all these tasks all the way over in Jira. But wait, it's done. Is it... Miro. Easy with its two-way Jira sync. Easy to plot dependencies. Everyone always knows what's up. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people creating technical diagrams without workflow glitches. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.